1160 WYLL Chicago. Welcome to the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. Our world is full of incomplete solutions, leaving people searching for more. God's only solution for all mankind, for all time, is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Grow in relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, because your purpose is far greater than the day-to-day circumstances of life. Let's join Greg for the Solution Radio Show as he shares from God's Word with us today. Today we will look at trusting God from the Scriptures, and in the second half of the show we will be joined by Christian minister Charlie Quillen from Faithful in Christ Ministries to discuss the topic of forgiveness. When it comes to trust, who do you trust? You know, I looked up in the dictionary the definition for trust, and it said to trust someone or something is to believe that they are reliable, that they have integrity, that they mean what they say and they say what they mean. Someone who is trustworthy does not have a hidden agenda. There are no under-the-table secret deals where the truth is concealed when you deal with someone you trust. You know, we trust others every day in some of the most basic levels of life. When you go to a restaurant and order off the menu, you trust what the menu says and you order your meal accordingly. But when you drive down the street, you trust that others know what a green, yellow, or a red light is, hopefully. You know, you trust those around you not to run you off the road. Now, when you go to work today, you trust that two weeks from now, your employer, that they will give you an accurate paycheck that reflects the time and the effort that you put in today. Yet, we have all been disappointed by a meal that didn't taste anything like that which was promised by the server. Or some of us, well, we've been run off the road by distracted drivers. And at times... Businesses have shut down before paying employees their next paycheck. You know, there's a remarkable verse, because we're going to look here at trusting God. There's a remarkable verse in Numbers that's a testament to the trustworthiness of God. And if you have your Bible handy and would like to follow along, we're going to look at Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. It says here that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God does not lie as men do. God does not misrepresent his intentions by saying one thing, and yet really meaning something different. He doesn't change his mind. He's reliable. He has given us his word, and he upholds his word. He will perform his word. And not only that, he has the ability and he has the resources to bring to pass that which he has promised to you in his word. He's God. God is not a man that he should lie. He tells the truth. But so often our culture and our society have greatly underestimated who God is and what he is capable of doing. The very foundation, I believe the very foundation of who we think God is, that affects our trust factor regarding God. You know, if you picture God as a, as a big mean ogre somewhere in the sky just waiting to bop you over the head because of a bad thought you have, or if you see God as the one who, who sends storms, like the recent hurricane named Matthew, to bring judgment upon people of the East Coast just because some dishonest politicians passed some transgender law. Well, that's not the God of the Bible. In First John, it says that God is love. We've covered before in previous shows where the evil in this world comes from and who the author of death is, and, and that's God's archenemy, the devil. We're not going to go into all that today. What we really want to focus our time in is that who God is, his character, 
the love that he has for you, his people, and that he's trustworthy. He has no ill will toward you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that you could live, so that you could have a peaceful heart in the midst of this crazy storm of life, so that you could have eternal life and a father-child relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that's just remarkable to know that we can have a relationship with God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And as we read and as we meditate upon God's word and as we talk throughout the day with our Heavenly Father, we're going to grow in our trust in God. A couple of verses here in Psalm 103, uh, we'll start here in verse 2. Some of these verses show the great character of God and who he is as our Father and how loving and kind he is. Here in verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all all thy diseases. God, he forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. Not just some, but all of them. You know, if someone ever comes along and tells you that it's God's will that you're afflicted by either sin or disease, well, that's just not true because that's not in God's word. It's in God's word that makes known God's will. And it's in God's word where we, we learn the character of God and his great integrity, his great heart of love for his people. Now, men's feelings, uh, the circumstances that people find themselves in are not necessarily true, nor do they make known God's will necessarily. It says here in Psalm 103 that God forgives all of our sin and he heals all of our diseases. Each of us have to make up our own mind. Who are we going to trust? Will you trust what men say about God or will you trust what God says about himself? You know, I'm going to go with God, no matter how sincere or well-intentioned a person may be. Let's continue here in Psalm 103, uh, verse 8. It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Plenteous in mercy. Mercy is God's loving kindness. He has no shortage of that. He has plenty of it. And it says there in verse 11, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy, his loving kindness towards them who reverence him. Our trust in God will be based on what we know about him and how well we know him. You see, I can know about God and still not really know him as my father. Uh, to get to know God as our father, we, we must first go to his word to learn of him and to see his faithfulness and his trustworthiness, to look at the Old Testament, to see how he worked with the children of Israel. And then, of course, in the Gospels, we can see the tremendous example of Jesus Christ. He always did the father's will. He did nothing of his own. He always spoke what the father told him to speak, and he always did what the father showed him to do. And that's how we can learn about God's faithfulness, his trustworthiness as we look at those great examples in his word. Then what we want to do is really make him a part of our everyday life by talking to him about his word, by meditating on the word, thinking it in our mind throughout the day, and by including him in every aspect of our life. Go to him and ask him, what does he think? <laughs> it might be very clear in the written word, and then again, he may give you revelation and show you some tremendous gems of truth that pertain to that very specific situation. He's in you. He's with you to help you and to direct you. Proverbs chapter 3, let's take a look here at verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. 
Here it states that we're to trust God with all our heart. Remember in Proverbs chapter 4, it states that all the issues of our life come from our heart. Well, it's available to have the Word of God so alive within your heart because of the time that you have spent with God by reading His Word, by meditating on His Word, by fellowshipping with Him throughout the day, that you are able to trust Him in no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation or temptation that may come your way. The Word of God so lives in your heart that just the automatic, natural, I guess, reaction to the circumstance or the situation or the temptation is to do God's Word. You almost don't even have to think about it when the Word just lives and dwells in your heart. It's just the the natural thing to do. And there it states, too, that uh, we're not to lean unto our own understanding. Our own understanding is unstable. (laughs) I can document that time and time again by circumstances in my life. And I'm sure you can too. And when we lean into our own understanding, if that understanding is unstable, not based on God's word, when we lean on something unstable, well, we're going to fall. It's going to collapse. But as we acknowledge God, he's going to direct our path. He will work within your heart. He is the one that will lead you in the way that you should go and help you in the decisions that you need to make in life day by day. It reminds me of a tremendous verse in Philippians chapter 2, Uh, Probably one of my most favorite verses, I guess, if I can have a favorite verse, it's right up there, and that's verse 13, because it says, For it is God which works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God who works within you, to will and to do of his good pleasure. And the Phillips translation of that verse says, For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. What a tremendous life we have to live, knowing that we have the creator of the heavens and the earth living within us by way of Holy Spirit. To the end of that, he will work within you to will and to do of his good pleasure. And it reminds me of a verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. What part was created in Christ Jesus? We're body, soul, and spirit. The part that was created in Christ Jesus is the spirit. And God has created us in Christ Jesus unto good works. Those good works are the things that our Father works within us to will and to do of his good pleasure, as it's stated there in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. What a tremendous life that we have. True Christianity is not a dead religion. It's alive. True Christianity is alive. So much so that the creator of the heavens and the earth works within your heart. He works within your life daily to the end that you would do his good pleasure. And then in Philippians chapter 2 there, the next verse says to do all things without murmurings and disputings. Well, what would those all things be? They'd be the things that God works within your heart. You see, your life has a purpose. You're not some has-been or a throwaway. No matter what the world might say, you have a purpose. And you live that purpose when you trust God, allowing Him to direct your heart, resulting in you living His will. After we return from this short break, we will be joined by Christian minister Charlie Quillen from Faithful in Christ Ministries to discuss the topic of forgiveness. Be sure to visit the thesolutionradioshow.com. Thank you. 
This is The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, exploring God's solution for all mankind, for all time, Jesus Christ. Our guest today is Christian minister Charlie Quillen. Charlie is with Faithful in Christ Ministries out of Rockford, Illinois. Faithful in Christ Ministries is a non-denominational, Bible-based, studying, teaching, and fellowship ministry. And one of the seminars that Faithful in Christ Ministries makes available is on the topic of forgiveness that's taught by Charlie Quillen. Forgiveness today, this is our topic of discussion. I'd like to welcome Charlie Quillen to the Solution Radio Show. Thanks, Greg. It's been uh Great privilege to be able to join you today, and I think that your teaching is very, very uh, tied in with what we're going to talk about with forgiveness. Well, thank you. It's great to have you here with us today, and and I know that you've extensively studied the topic of forgiveness, and you have a seminar that you teach that I mentioned regarding forgiveness. Can you tell us a little bit about why you chose the topic of forgiveness? Well, biggest reason, because I needed to know. Uh, forgiveness is a uh, topic that became very dear to me because... It has uh, so many impacts on so many different aspects of our life. Uh, the subject of trust usually comes uh, with the anticipation that they're going to treat you in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you can trust people who are closest to you. And usually the biggest problems with forgiveness is from somebody that you have trusted that way and they violated that trust. So that is what really drove me to want to understand this subject better because there's lots of opinions about what the Bible says about forgiveness that some of it's very good, some of it is not so helpful. And so often, too, forgiveness is most needed, I suppose, within those closest relationships of ours. Yes, it is. And we have uh, seen that time and time again when people understand the truth of forgiveness and that there is a method that God's given us Mm-hmm. to escape from uh, the torment of not forgiving, then uh, it gives people encouragement and hope that they don't have to live there. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the consequences of unforgiveness in a person's life? In my research, I came across uh, a research that uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she's a cognitive neuroscientist with a PhD in communication pathology. You can look her up and find her online. But uh, one of the statements that she makes is that uh, toxic thoughts uh, causes uh, 87 to 97% of the illnesses that plague us today. Wow. And, of course, those toxic thoughts are when we are developing a bitter thought towards somebody that we need to forgive. Mm-hmm. And if it's affecting us physically and mentally, it's all the more reason for us to be able to, to uh, cleanse ourselves of those toxic thoughts. Uh, not forgiving someone is described in the Bible as bitterness or the root of bitterness, mm-hmm. which is a great explanation because roots don't stay where you plant them. Mm. They go and they invade every other part of the soil that they can get nourishment from. So where we may think that you can contain this bitterness toward one person or one event, uh, you can't. It starts to invade every other aspect of our lives. Wow, so the bitterness really ties into unforgiveness, and you've got to forgive to probably eliminate some of that yeah, bitterness. Yeah, it, it's the cure mm-hmm. to bitterness. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of like the water for the fire. It will absolutely dissipate when we stop feeding it with these toxic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in the forgiveness seminar, I read through the syllabus, and I've actually heard some of the teachings, too, that you've done. 
Uh, you state that reconciliation starts with repentance. Could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? I sure can. Uh, I think the, the biggest principle can be found in the Word uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. And it's just three verses I want to read to you. And now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, his audience at this point was on the day of Pentecost, and it was in the temple, and the temple was filled with people who voted against Jesus Christ. Mm. When they had a chance to uh, have him released from Pontius Pilate, uh, the Pharisees had worked them up mm-hmm. into believing that uh, this Jesus Christ was an imposter, that he was not the Messiah. So when he on the day of Pentecost, when that uh, manifestation of the Spirit of speaking in tongues was manifested, Peter stood up at the end with the arrested apostles and he taught them about who Jesus Christ really was, mm-hmm. that this Jesus was the Christ. And he did it in such a way that their hearts were pricked. That means they felt the pain of this guilt of what they had just done because they realized just the sin that they had just committed. So, being pricked in their hearts, Peter said unto them, Repent, Hmm. and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This repentance is the first step to receive forgiveness and then be reconciled. We need to recognize the wrong that has been done before any change can really happen. To repent is to go in the opposite direction that we were going. Peter was was proclaiming that this Jesus was the very Christ that they've always been waiting for. And so when they realized it, they repented. And about 3,000 souls were saved on that day. Wow, what a day. (laughs) And to give you an example of what it is and what it is not. In the Old Testament, uh, you have the first king, Saul. Mm -hmm. And he did a, a thing that he wasn't supposed to do. He was told to go and... Uh, fight against the Amalekites and utterly destroy them. And, of course, he didn't uh, do that. And because of that, uh, the prophet went and took the kingdom away from him. And that doesn't seem like such a bad thing, you know, allowing some things to survive, some people to survive. But because he did not repent, the consequence was removal of being king. Mm -hmm. Now, the next king was King David. King David had somebody killed, right? He had Uriah killed. That's a big one in my book. Much, much bigger sin than what Saul did. Mm -hmm. But the difference was that David did repent, and God forgave him. Mm. Now, that shows the importance of actually recognizing the sin. Uh, Even Adam, one of the problems he had was that he refused to accept that he did anything wrong. Right, right. He, he tried to blame God. The, the woman that you gave me, that's mm-hmm. the one that really caused all this mess. So, yeah, repentance is very, very important to, uh, to lead us to being forgiven. Now, that sort of ties into the next question here, because God's love for us, it's so rich, it's so full. Uh, are we able to see God's 
uh, love and the forgiveness for each of us, no matter what the infraction. I mean, you mentioned David, but murder, adultery, disobedience, a lifestyle of sin. You know, in God's love, is there forgiveness, no uh-huh. matter what that might be? Well, if it wasn't for that very truth, uh, we wouldn't, uh, any of us, stand a chance. Mm-hmm. I see, God is more willing to forgive than we are to ask for forgiveness. In his basic form, to forgive means to cancel a debt. Mm-hmm. And so every time we sin, we are racking up more and more of this debt against God. But he, through Jesus Christ, and his life that he gave us, he was providing a way to cancel that debt against us. And because we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, then all the debt that was accumulated from Adam and our own personal debt was canceled. That just makes you so thankful for the life of Jesus Christ and all he accomplished for us. Just so wonderful. Now, in God's word, we as believers are told to love like Christ. Regarding forgiveness, what would Christ-like love require on our part? Now, I'll tell you the most secret ingredient in this whole forgiveness process is that it requires us to do it because we love. Now, if you can imagine that, you know, some people forgive for selfish reasons because they want to get that burden off of them, and, mm-hmm. but that really is a, a blessing for having obeyed the Word of God. But the purpose of why we forgive is because I love that person and I want to be reconciled to them. That is that Christ-like love. And as we carry forth and do things because of the love of Christ and not for selfish reasons, God blesses us back by freeing us from this this terrible burden that we're carrying. That's a wonderful truth, wonderful uh, freedom of heart to live that way. Now, we only have about a minute left, Charlie, but could you uh, tell us how forgiveness ties into the operation of the manifestations of Holy Spirit, eventually leading to the fruit of the Spirit? Sure. Uh, in Mark eleven twenty two through 25, I'll read it very quickly. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's operating a lot of power. And then, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe, and you shall receive them, and you shall have them. And then comes the thing that nobody seems to write, and when you stand praying, forgive. Mm. And if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you, your trespasses. See, to walk by the Spirit, which produces the fruit of the Spirit, requires that we be in fellowship with the one energizing the Spirit. So, in order to do that walk by the Spirit, we need to be in alignment with Him. We need to cleanse ourselves with His forgiveness. Thank you very much, Charlie, for joining us today. Charlie Quillen of Faithful in Christ Ministries, and we'll put your website up on our website as well. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us today as well. Uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. The Solution Radio Show archives are available at thesolutionradioshow.com, along with resources to encourage and help you in your walk with God. The Solution Radio Show is supported by listeners like you. Make a donation today to join in sustaining God's work at thesolutionradioshow.com. 
You've been listening to The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, and we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You are God's very best.